Victory for the Forsaken. For Lordaeron. For the Kirin Tor. For Pandaria. For Kalimdor. To the Burning Legion. For Gilneas. For Kazmatan. For the Lich King. For the Sindorai. For the Alliance. For the Horde. For Azeroth. This episode of For Azeroth is brought to you by our wonderful patrons at patreon.com slash faz. Faz will always be free, but if you enjoy the content we produce, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash faz. That's patreon.com slash f-a-z. Welcome to For Azeroth, the podcast all about World of Warcraft. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Manny. Manny, how has 9.0.5 been treating you this week? Well, Joss, I mean, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about. But I have to say that I'm actually playing more WoW than I was like a couple of weeks ago when I was like on the the mount farming sort of thing and just being like, OK, like I'm going to go do the quote unquote supplementary when Manny's board com- content. Yeah, that everyone was like, oh, no, we're already at the point in the expansion where Manny is going for mounts. We're doomed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but like I think that's true for a lot of people like I don't burn out. Uh, in the same way a lot of people do where they just get sick of playing the game i just change activities so i don't get to that like exact monotonous like oh we're doing this over and over again i'm not doing every calling that shows up um well that's not true because now there's vp involved (laughs) yeah right but like some people they like keep pushing it they've got their alts and go uh, going through and they like got to keep them all up to like the uh, the like exact maximum uh renown that is which also this week is now capping so hey hey like that that's sort of behind us but for me i just try and move into different parts of the game so yes i do enjoy hunting for these mounts trying to stay ahead of shoe boots um (laughs) that competition's still going on eh yeah i mean like we felt that BlizzCon line wasn't really the place to like buy each other drinks because we're in utterly different provinces <laughs> and it was, yeah, it wouldn't have the same feel. So it's been extended into double overtime. Uh, right now I'm ahead by 29 mounts. How is but, that even a fight? Like up your game shoe boots. What the hell? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, like, you know, maybe he's hidden some, but uh, but he, he did reveal that he hit 350 mounts the other day. Uh, and that's when I was able to get like the exact count of where he was, because like once you hit that, <laughs> then you get an ex- then you get one mount um, for that achievement, which would have put him at 351. He may have slid uh, uh, slid some underneath the radar. We know for sure that he got the. uh 
the amount that we're going to be talking about later in this episode. So oh, I guess okay. that makes him 352. <laughs> For a second, right? I thought you were going to say we know that he got the love rocket and I was going to be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh I, I mean, this isn't the shoe boot show, right? But I'm going to give a plug to a shoe boot show. <laughs> Unfortunately for our dear friend, the shoe boots, he didn't get the love rocket to drop during the a love is in the air event. But he took those lemons and has made lemonade and shoe boots is starting a new podcast called the big love rocket. And so that will be dropping. Yes, really. (laughs) This is not a joke. He created a podcast. Is is Manny doing a bit or? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, nope. He's created a podcast called The Big Love Rocket, and he's doing that with Warcraft stats, and I forget the third person. And so that will be uh, where you find your podcast sometime soon, along with uh, one of the things that Chubuts and I, as long with Ali. Jared, sorry, I guess I should say proper introductions just for reference. Ali from Dungeon Fables, Jared RPG from uh, Merely a Setback, Jin from Morley Gray, Shoe Boots, of course, and myself were all part of Bears Fall 3, which was uh, recorded and is actually going to be part of his um, RSS feed. So it'll be on there. Of course, it'll be on the for Azeroth uh, RSS feed, and you will probably see that uh, sh- popping up shortly for uh, people who are listening to this. And so, yes, he is doing that uh, that new podcast, The Big Love Rocket, and that'll be uh, appearing soon. Now, getting back to what we we're yeah. actually talking about. <laughs> um. It's been a lull, like a lot of teams are getting their head of the curve, their cutting edge, whatever it is we ch- we talked about last week, that the Hall of Fame has uh, has now actually been filled, though under dubious terms. Um, there have been a lot more than 100 guilds that have gotten it on the Horde side, and people who are doing lower content, like LFR, all the way down to LFR, that ha- has been out for a while, so... We're at that point, we don't have any covenant storyline like the the stuff that was keeping us going in the quote unquote honeymoon phase that's past us now. And I'm really looking forward to 9.1. But the conversation is kind of like, well, what's 9.5 giving to us? And so I guess, Joss, do you want to get into that? Absolutely. Um, I know I haven't really interfaced with too many of the new uh, 9.0.5, I guess, things yet. Um, I am like our Mythic Plus team plays on Fridays, so I'm not 100% sure like what that acquisition rate is for those um, Valor points and how that feels. I know um, I think there was a correction in our Discord because last week when we were talking about it, I don't think we were 100% clear. But um, in the first week, you can earn, I believe it's up to 5,000 Valor points, right? And then the cap goes up the next week to 5,750. That doesn't mean you can get 5,750 every week. It means it's basically like imagine Valor points were available from the beginning of the expansion. Then you could have gotten basically 750 a week. So by this point in the expansion, if Valor points have been there the whole time, then we could have earned up to 5,000. So it's basically like... um, 
it's just giving it's you a rolling room. cap yeah it's a rolling cap yeah exactly so it doesn't mean you can get that many points every week um but yeah you are uh those that many will be kind of like available ish to you <laughs> so um yeah you can and then you can go in and there is the or i think they did they make a change to something about the cap or something like the that 1500 did. cap Yes, exactly. They got rid of that. So if this week you want to go balls to the wall, get your 5000, you can do it without spending 1500 at a time because you no longer have a limit to the amount of value you can carry just the amount that you can earn. Right. Which I, I did think that that was kind of weird. And I was like, I guess they don't want you to be able to like, hang on to it and stockpile mm -hmm. it. But I'm like, at the same time, it hasn't been available since day one of the expansion, which means that we can get 5,000 in a week again if you go and do every single activity and, and grind out Mythic Plus until your eyes bleed. You can absolutely get all those Valor points. Um, so I thought that ha like having the mandatory spend was kind of weird. So I'm glad that they got rid of that because that just never struck me as as the right way to go because what if I go and, and grind out... 1500 worth like it makes sense if you if you are living in a world where that system has been in place the whole time and you're getting 750 a week and they're saying okay you can't hold more than two weeks worth of valor points then it makes sense but because it wasn't there in on 9.0's launch it's just it doesn't make any sense anymore because you can get so much like to catch up basically so i mean so yeah question it for make you sense. though joss yeah uh, would you then uh, be okay with it coming back in like season two? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, okay. I, I think uh, I, I'm not a fan of gating and capping and whatever, but I think that I'm just at the point now where I just have to admit that it's part of the game and move on. <laughs> um, they're always going to gate things. They're always going to cap things. Um, as we change seasons, they're not going to let you stockpile things because that's just the way that the devs want the game to work. Do I think it's the right call? No, but it is the way that the game works. So do I think it should come in 9.1? Sure, because that's the way the game works. <laughs> like, mm. that's kind of where my head's at. Like, not that I think it's necessarily the right decision or a popular decision. It's just... I've made my peace with the fact that that's how World of Warcraft works, <laughs> if that makes sense. Make, makes sense. You've, you've been indoctrinated, I fight, Ben. I will fight other battles, put it that way. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I appreciate that. Knowing, knowing where to fight your battles is a, is a great thing that I wish the internet could do. <laughs> now, uh, the other sort of uh, change that has happened, um, or rather clarification from last week, is that regardless of the key level and regardless of how well you do if you complete any mythic plus you will get 135 valor so for 2 plus 7 plus 15 plus 27 plus whatever it's 135 valor that you'll get at the end of a run and adding to that um we had said this but like it was somewhat unclear in in the last uh episode. episode but if you do a epic purple level calling that's 50 valor if you do one of the blue um rare levels that's going to be 35 valor so it's not going to be 50 every time it's just that it could be 35 or 50 wait there's different levels of callings 
Yes. I have literally never noticed that. <laughs> oh. You know, and honestly, like, so we had this conversation on um, Angry Chicken yesterday that was just about accessibility in Hearthstone in general. And one of the things that was brought up was um, for colorblind people, it's really hard to tell the difference between rare and epic jewels in the cards in Hearthstone. And, you know, like, uh, again, like it's I'm not colorblind, but I can 100 percent see how you would miss the difference between blue and purple, because I've literally never noticed that there are blue and purple callings <laughs> like i mean i feel really bad for anybody and i know world of warcraft does have colorblind settings which hearthstone does not but um yeah like i just i feel really bad for anybody who has to deal with this all the time because like i'm a mediumly observant person and i completely miss this <laughs> i uh didn't i i noticed it i didn't care because roughly there was no functional difference between them other than like i'd get more gold sometimes or well yeah that's uh, the thing when I, was... I just thought sometimes when i opened my little chest things that like i was just getting lucky with what i got out of my calling that week and sometimes or that day and sometimes i would get more gold and sometimes i get less but whatever it's just gold it all gets lost in gambling to my guild anyways so what difference does it make and so i never really paid that close of attention but Apparently yeah, some callings I mean, are better than others. Yeah. And when I was trying to, uh, when I switched over from one covenant to the other and I was trying to like grind up the renown, purple ones were more likely to get me like actual levels. So there, there are some fringe benefits, but I just, I think that it is a difference uh, that really didn't need to be in there. But that's what we're talking about last week ahead of it now we're seeing the implementation um we had said that there was only really uh this thing about valor which obviously for you you haven't really had a chance to jump into mythic plus um and see the difference there uh and then the other the other stuff was just a bunch of small things but there has actually been for me at least so many cool little small things to like give me something to work through um that like i'm playing more they've added a maw mount that isn't climbing up torgas it isn't the rng of did you uh do that one hunt that shows up every two like every like two weeks roughly and I think that's that's cool. Like that's kind of stuff I wanted. This little like I'm gonna go on this quest for the Maw Mount, and I'm gonna go gather this and uh, like in a deterministic way. Um, that to me was like really great. I think that with that sort of stuff, that's what I like. I do think that like 9.0.5 kind of lacked some of that. That was like very evident like usually when you see these patches joss you're thinking like oh heritage armor or oh new allied race that we've seen in like B uh, bfa right where you're like oh let me go do those or you you have like some big new system but as uh, but uh the valor points really hasn't been that for me like it hasn't been a system where i've been like day one like i'm gonna jump in and i'm gonna do like 20 different dungeons to go hit the five uh, the uh, 5k cap it hasn't been that for me. And I, I, I kind of felt that lacking. So like 
getting those little joys has really been it for me. What about you, Joss? Well, I mean, it it's for me, it's interesting that like the way you kind of framed 9.0.5, because to me, this does feel like it's just kind of like a whole bunch of little things with no big piece of content tying it all together, like the release of a heritage armor or something. And so to me, 9.0.5, especially around the conversation we just had around the Valor points and and how the cap would have worked if it came out, you know, like two weeks where the Valor points would be 1500, which was the cap, which makes sense in a world where it came out day one, makes me feel like a lot of this stuff and a lot of these little tweaks and changes and things that are kind of noticeable, but not really all that noticeable, makes me feel like this is the like day zero, day one type patch that we (laughs) maybe should have gotten, (laughs) like instead of it being a 9.0.5. And I don't mean that to like criticize the devs or be snipey or whatever, but it just, it feels like the, the things that were given to us as part of this patch maybe should have just, they, they feel like tweaks and polishes to stuff that should have maybe been done on launch, but you know, whatever. I'm glad that we got the game when we got it, and I wouldn't have wanted the game to be held up months to to get this kind of thing in in there and and implemented. So I mean, it's fine. I'm I'm glad that it's there. Um, I think in general, the Valor Points idea is a is a good one, and I hope that the rate of acquisition is quick enough that it feels uh, rewarding. Uh, but I think the other piece of that is that you have to get the gear to drop right. So. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to wait a couple weeks to see how I feel about the Valor Point system and uh, and see how the the actual rate of gear acquisition goes after that. But uh, I mean, in general, I'm having a good time Um, in Warcraft. I think the guild is doing a really good job. I think it's going to become easier and easier as we um, like go through Like, I mean, stuff's basically on farm at this point anyways, but now we're going to have a lot of our guild mates that are going to have a lot of 220 pieces because of this Valor system. So yeah, I think the raid's at the point where it's pretty much done and uh, I am looking forward to 9.1. Still no release date on that, but hopefully soon. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, no, no, uh, no, no, uh, ptr release date either or anything like that i am i am right there with you with my fingers crossed the the last thing that i do want to talk about with uh 9.0.5 and and i do also want to 100 stress that i agree with you joss that the tentpole systems really do feel like they they are sort of like the second week like hey we find that Mythic Plus isn't really living up to its way. Let's in, uh, let's implement this. But I would say that like this is a time where I'm really now finally getting to that solo content that I totally would have done like weeks in before if not for how 9.0.5 before that even 9.0 really um there's a lot of content that I had that is like you know not quote-unquote mandatory just highly suggested like oh man i should do the mission table for uh, for (laughs) the for the stuff off of that and i've been very much ignoring it i'm still ignoring it that's going to be something later um 
there there's stuff like the sojourner right like i it's been this yeah, is the longest i've lore gone master, through this is the longest it's taken me to do lore master in an expansion where i'm like an active uh max level player uh it's i mean there's still a couple of of lore masters that i don't have i think burning crusade is is one of them i'm missing a couple of zones there to get the burning crusade lore master but um yeah it's it's very much like there's a ton of content available that i haven't looked too much at yet i've almost got my full um like adventure thing or sorry anima conduits or whatever they're called um I've almost got that thing fully upgraded and I'm on my third level of my conservatory and the other ones I don't really care too much about. So, but I could absolutely be grinding for that. And like you say, there's all the, the side quests that are available in Shadowlands that I haven't touched outside of Ardenweald yet. Um, I've done some of them on other characters that I've leveled up through that. Um, it's not Chains of Fate, is it? Oh, uh, Threads of Fate, yeah. Threads of Fate, that's it. I'm like, there's like one thing that's like attached to another thing and they're like... <laughs> it's threads of I've got, Domination, yeah, no way. I've got Chains of Domination in my head. Uh, but yeah, so uh, the Threads of Fate thing, I've, I've done some leveling there. So I've done some of the side quests on other characters, but yeah, I could definitely take my main through zones and be doing side quests and stuff, which I probably should be doing while I'm world questing, but... I'm not that organized, you guys. I just kind of like go with the flow and ignore all the question marks and the exclamation points that are getting in my way and just go do my world quests. Um, but yeah, so there's definitely still stuff to do. I agree with you there. Like I'm not at the point of just like mount farming and like going back to old content for transmog and things like that. There's still a lot of stuff in the current expansion, I feel, that I need to do and basically that includes everything outside of Ardenweald. Like I've spent a lot of time in Ardenweald. I've gotten most of like the rares and the treasure chests and stuff. And, you know, I can, I, or I need to go and do all of that in all the other zones. So yeah, there's still lots of Shadowlands content to see and I'm looking forward to it. But uh, yeah, I could use a new raid and a new dungeon. I, I am right there with you. Like, I feel like, we need to start hearing some 9.1 stuff because 9.0.5 doesn't seem enough on its own. And even the stuff, the stuff that we've said is 9.0.2 stuff, not 9.0.5. So if people have been more diligent on that, haven't been maybe prioritizing rating, that's not their uh, their priority and they've sort of eaten up their facets of it. I'm not expecting somebody to suddenly throw together a raid team yeah. this late in the game. So yeah I, I want i want that stuff to come forward and uh and go through with that but like for i really need to get this stuff done before people like move on to the new hotness and then i can't find groups for some things yeah that's true i didn't even think about the group art because there are some things there are some rares that you can only do in groups and stuff so i mean yeah that's oh man that's a good point now i want i no, i don't i i couldn't even get through the <laughs> sentence i was gonna say i want them to hold off on that point i'm like no 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 <laughs> never no, mind no, i didn't no, even no. think it <laughs> yep. um but uh tell me about because i have not been playing torghast it is not my jam and now i'm kind of kicking myself for that i'm not gonna lie because um 
I only have the one legendary. They've been making some changes and stuff. And there's like other builds that are getting better and better now. And I'm like, oh, man, I could really use another couple of legendaries, but I don't have the soul ash for it. And I could have had it if I had just gone and done my Torghast, but I didn't. So here I am. So, Manny, tell me about the Torghast event, because it seems like I'm going to have to get in there and actually play Torghast again. <laughs> So this event uh, seems to be the best of all the events so far. Um, what it is, is that we are now getting the unbridled darkness anima power. And the way that works is that as you, uh, as you go through and kill enemies, every five enemies, you'll get this quote-unquote buff, right? That increases your damage done and your healing done by 75%. And it also increases your movement speed by 30%. But it's a kiss curse. So the curse part is that it blacks out everything on your screen except for your UI. You're basically blind for, uh, for a bit while this buff is going. Right? And it's really great because you only get offered this if you are in a group of two or more people. <laughs> That's good. So somebody can actually lead you through. <laughs> and this yeah, is a, this it's is basically a power, right? It's not like an aura in the dungeon. It's something you have to choose. Yeah. And you go into the dungeon. If you're in a group of two, instead of getting the three powers uh, authorized, sorry, two or more, instead of getting the three powers that you would normally get, you get a fourth option given to you. And that fourth option is always going to be this unbridled darkness. And so... The way, way it works is that you're basically having a team member or your other team members sort of guide you around and be like, okay, two steps forward, smash them because you're going to do huge <laughs> damage and everything, right? And then just don't go in with like, you know, those untrustworthy friends of yours, those frenemies that are going to go lead you off the edge of a cliff. Oh, I would walk you off a cliff <laughs> in a heartbeat. That would be the first thing I'd try to do. <laughs> Oh, come on, Joss. I was going to say, like, let's work on this together. We'll get you that soul ash. We could even stream it. But now, now, man, A2, Joss, A2. <laughs> I mean, come so on. It's not come on. You, everybody has to. Everyone has to think this way, right? It's like, what are the hilarious, funny things I can make my friend do while they can't see what they're doing? Like, that's everybody's oh. default response to this, right? Right? <laughs> uh well john how about you use this ability you do all this crazy damage and uh, and healing and i'll guide you since i apparently even though i'm the true villain am not looking to kill my <laughs> uh, my uh friends but it would just be so funny yeah yeah just take yeah three more steps forward okay a couple steps to the right all right one more step forward you should be good <gasps> bam dead hilarious <laughs> <laughs> So there are other modifiers that, that like you can get because like if you pick this as your first power, it'll give you like additional anima powers offered that can be offered as you're getting anima powers. OK, so some it of them are like stronger really cool. over the course of the run. Yeah, stronger, sometimes more complicated or different. They have stuff that is like while you're blind, you get like double the amount of phantasma you would normally get. So it becomes like a run over there, smash those vial, uh, those uh, those pots, right? Like your link, right? Let's kill through the enemies and like get a uh, get a bunch of uh, phantasma. 
you can also have a one where you like will remain in the darkness or remain blind as long as you keep killing enemies to extend a duration. Well, that was going to be my next question is like, can you pull groups of five at a time, absolutely destroy them and pull the next group of five at a time and then basically just keep your buff up through the whole dungeon? Although you would be playing with a black screen through the whole dungeon. So I don't know how fun that is, but. (laughs) Yeah, you, you with this ability, it could be done. Uh, remember that Torghast has seen some modifications, including not having as much uh, density in trash to get through floors in 9.0.5. Um, so, like, there is that option if you could chain it together, but good luck doing that outside of, like, some really choice voice uh, voice communication or maybe a team of priests that are, like, pulling you to the next pack. Get him, get him! <laughs> See, that that seems like a great strategy is have one of your people be a priest or how how long is the cooldown on that? I don't remember what the uh, cooldown like is on Leap of Faith. all the time. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> we, yeah, they uh, but, um, yeah, you could have multiple priests and, and chain chain the yoinks <laughs> and, yep, and keep yep. it going. Um, They also have one where you get a additional um kind of a kind of an adjustment to it that you will passively do a massive amount of shadow damage to the closest target to you whether that is a friend or a foe so the people guiding you kind of have to like guide you from like a safe distance away so you you kill uh the enemy and not them (laughs) so should or how long does this actually last like how how long of a debuff is this so uh, by base, I believe that it is 15 seconds. That's pretty long. But Yeah. Right. Um, I'm just going to quickly double check. No, you released the darkness for 30 seconds Whoa, with a that's 60 really second. <laughs> oh, wait a second. That might be a, a adjustment. I need to make sure that it is. <laughs> So it's because like you can actually make it an seconds. active power. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. You can releasing make it an active the darkness power. sounds like an active power. Yep. So it is by base 15 seconds and will occur every five enemies with an internal cooldown of 90 seconds. So you won't be able to chain it. Okay. Uh all, all the way. Unless so that's where that extending. Extending power. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. One of the powers will let you control when you go into it as well. Right. Um, So then you can choose, Okay, now I'm going to use it because like, let's say you trigger it on the fifth enemy that 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 fifth enemy is the last one in the pack. That would kind of be a waste. So that seems like a very cool power. And then, of course, there are ways to like increase the base cooldown while decreasing the 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 internal cooldown so you could have it up 30 seconds every minute so there's a lot of cool things that you can uh, do with this and i think that one of the best things is that you can double the already like you're doing 100 damage but you can double that eat further so if that's multiple if that multiplies on top of it that's 400 damage if it's additive that's 300 damage either way whew, that's a lot of damage yeah but Every ally within five yards of you, basically standing on top of you, right, uh, increases it by another hundred percent. 
So wow. if you all go blind at the same time, my goodness, you're going to nuke something. That's insane. So I think, <laughs> yeah, but then nobody's there to guide. Yeah. True. So I think, yeah, I think it's a very cool event. It's a very coordination based ev uh, event. I have seen people who actually pug Torgas. Yeah, I've never done it. I always solo it or go with friends. Never actually uh, pugged uh, that. But this definitely seems like a coordinated group with friends. And I think that yeah, is very Yeah, you probably don't cool. want to pug and take... I mean, you can. I would love to hear your stories if that's a thing that you're doing. If you're pugging Torghast and also choosing the darkness anima power, um, please write in and tell us <laughs> in the Discord or the email either way. Because, oh man, that's, that's nuts. <laughs> yeah this is going to be our version of uh the uh, crazy st stories from tack yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> so uh buckweister wrote in and asked if this new darkness in torgas should be a mythic plus affix um i think it's kind of uh, i mean okay so yes it's interesting and i think that there's maybe something there to timing it kind of like we do with prideful right now but at the same time you wouldn't want this on your entire party. And I don't know how you would make it work in mythic plus without that, um, like choosing it thing, <laughs> unless it was like, this only applies to like your damage dealer or something. Basically I'm thinking, I don't want my tank to have this in mythic plus. Like I want my tank to be able to walk through the dungeon, maneuver things, grab the mobs that need to be grabbed. Like we're going for a very specific percentage. So like he needs his vision. <laughs> I don't know. What do you I think, mean, Manny? I think everybody needs their vision, not even going to like high keys where there are certain mechanics that are going to just like wreck you if you are, are like blind to them. But like things like volcanoes, storming, yeah. the, the spiteful right, ads that come in and wreck well, you. Maybe this is the thing. Maybe it doesn't need to be like full on black screen, right? Like maybe they could do this with like, like a fog of war almost. So instead mm -hmm. of it being a fully black screen, have you only able to view like one yard around your feet or something? So you can see if you're standing in something, but other than that, your vision is obscured. Like, okay. so like a modified darkness. Uh, yeah. Again, I just, I still think that, uh, it's just, it's such a hard thing to deal with because you're going to like, when they do this sort of thing, um, because they have done limited vision before. Remember to uh, tomb of Sokigaris, right? In those moments, there are still stuff that are going to screw you. If you are limited visibility and you butt pull a, a, uh, a group a pack, of creatures yeah. that's gonna suck if you are limited visibility and there is a line attack that the enemy is like charging up that's gonna suck i just it's such a it's it's a very cool thing but i would want it put into um a dungeon mechanic not a mythic plus level mechanic and especially not a seasonal affix um especially when you are dealing with mythic plus where I don't want it to be something that is unpuggable. Mm. Everything else is is puggable, but this particular thing really feels like it needs coordination 
and should be an opt-in, which is where I think it works in Torghast, where you can decide to take that power or avoid or not, it. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't opt out of Mythic Plus mechanics, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Which is actually kind of funny because then I would opt out of like Fortified and you would opt out of Tyrannical. <laughs> and so I would do like... 30% less damage to bosses and you would do I don't even know what because you're healing oh I'm sorry kick me. and you would do I don't even know what I would heal Manny but, I would heal yeah but you're like when we're in combat with trash you you heal for like 30% less I don't know like it's just a weird sort of thing that would be that would be fun though it would be interesting it's, if everyone had a different version of the same mythic plus with one mechanic removed it's interesting but it's just it, it's crazy I, manny don't indulge yeah. me it's crazy that would never work I, I mean like they do already have sort of like scaling per person on certain uh, on like when you are in a party with uh, with somebody in a zone that scales up upwards right so like we're on like legion burning isles right and those, those each scaled up to uh, up to the max at that time which was 110 and so you could be a a 100 you straight out of uh warlords and i could be a 110 and you would do more damage to the creature because you've got like your end game raid gear and i'm on like just the beginning uh dungeon gear after hitting cap so they have that technology so it's not impossible joss i just think it'd be very complicated it would be super complicated and uh yeah i don't know uh, that would be that would be crazy seems silly anyways um you know what's not silly but also kind of complicated and really cool is the wandering ancient mount it is now available on live servers this is the player selected community mount um, we saw the kind of preview at BlizzCon Line. It's now been patched into the game and is being delivered to all eligible players. Uh, I got mine right on Tuesday, but I know there was a bit of a delay for some folks, so they didn't have it right on Tuesday, but you should have it. Um, I would assume you'd have it by now. I think they said it was up to a three-day delay, so this will be posting on Friday. That makes a, a sense. So you have do have to go, like with most of these mounts, you have to go into your collection and actually open your gift uh, so do keep that in mind if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, do look at the top of your collection for something to open. Um, this Wandering Ancient Mount has a couple of really cool things about it. So first of all, it changes with the season. So everybody has a winter version right now. So it's very like white and gray and, and kind of like snowy tundra looking, <laughs> which I love. Yeah. And um, then there's also different variations on the mount special so if you just stand still and hit space then you can get the special animation and there's like it basically it does the same sort of thing it, it kind of like shakes its branches and or like reaches up back and like hey there's something in my branches and then like shakes to get it out and the something that it shakes to get out has has different variations so so far i've seen uh acorns I've seen um, like a snow pile. I've seen Pepe with a little Santa hat, <laughs> which I don't know if he always has a Santa hat or what. But yeah, there's different variations. Manny, do you have any any more that you've seen other than those three or is that all? I have no idea. <laughs> I've just seen what I've seen on mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like pinecone, snow, Pepe. I don't think I've seen 
beyond that personally. Uh, I think that it's just, it's a cool amount. And I really love how they've made it seasonal because like, this is something everybody who's gotten it has like, it's become a cult thing, Joss. There are oh like my God, yeah. rings all over Orvos. And oh, like, you got just... into one of those too? Oh man, when I first logged in on Tuesday, I was like, what's going on? There's, And I was realized that like, because I, I had logged out right after raid. So I was out on the the um, part of Orvos that's by the portals. And so I was standing there and there were a couple of tree mounts. I'm like, oh yeah, the tree mounts out. So I rode mine into the city and there was just like an RP walking group that was just doing a circle around the middle of Orbos. And I was like, uh, hell yeah, I'm going to march to the end to this Murloc. <laughs> so I joined. <laughs> I, like, I walked around Orbos for like 20 minutes. <laughs> yep. Yep. I, it's, yeah. it's cult. It's crazy. <laughs> um, and I think like that's great. But like, obviously, it's the new hotness and eventually that'll die down. But then in the like uh, literally only a couple of days now, we're going to be in spring. And what does that mean? It's going to change again. New and people variation. will be like, hey, let me <laughs> new variation. Let me see if the mount specials have changed with the season, because it's obviously you're going to throw snow. Well, yeah, What's going to be there snow. instead? So uh, flowers, maybe I'm trying to think um, like maybe flowers for spring and then like leaves for fall, obviously. But I don't even know what it would be for summer. Oh, man, I don't know. So there's going to be like, obviously, if you want to know, I'm saying who knows. But if you want to know, go ahead. I'm sure people like Wowhead and those sites have data mined every single thing. But I would suggest to you, keep it as a nice little surprise that you'll find out every uh, every little bit of months. Yeah, once every few months, you just be like, okay, cool. What's and I think my that's ancient what's really thrown great. around now? <laughs> I expect there to be a Pepe every time, and I'm sure that his Santa hat version is probably going to change, so he'll probably have a different costume that varies season to season, I would think. But uh, yeah, anyways, it's really cool. I really like it. Uh, again, you don't actually have to purchase this mount. It's for anyone who has purchased Shadowlands. And right now there is a 20% off promotion uh, until March 14th. So if you don't have uh, Shadowlands yet. It's cheaper now and you get the Wandering Ancient Mount as well, which I love. I think they did a really good job and I'm glad that it turned out the way that it did and you get to ride them like an ent because now I'm a happy face. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I kind of wish you could like sit sort of like even side saddle so that like you were in a branch, but I, I think they did such a great job with this. So I'm not going to complain too much. Yeah, I think they kind of used the the existing model that they had available which if you were trying to get them to like carry you or like putting you out in a branch that would probably be difficult for like i don't know animation reasons i don't know there's got to be reasons but i think it looks well, really he, cool he is, i like riding on yeah. his head <laughs> yeah he is a unique skeleton and a and unique animations so they did not cut corners on this i i'd like i that because this is a basically a free mount for anybody who who was actively playing at this time and i, yeah. I love that absolutely uh that's going to bring us to the email portion of the show if you guys would like to send an email you can email fazpodcast at gmail.com our first email comes to us from daryl o who says in a fight between jaina and cadgar who would win i have i have some thoughts but basically, all of my thoughts lead to, I don't really know. 
<laughs> like, I think that I know, but then I'm not sure if I know. But like, okay, so should we break it down by first Cadgar, then Jaina, and their various powers? <laughs> okay, all right. Let, let's let's hear the breakdown. Okay, so to me, like my gut at first goes, well, Cadgar, duh. And so I thought about it and I was like, okay, so Cadgar, basically in, in Warcraft lore, if you guys aren't familiar, there is a character who is like the most powerful mage in the world. And that character is called the Guardian. And those powers are passed down from Guardian to Guardian. And Cadgar defeated the last Guardian, who was Medivh. So that tells me that Cadgar had the ability to hold off Medivh's guardian powers and kill him because he was possessed by Sargeras at the time. So if you can best a guardian, that to me means you are the most powerful mage on Azeroth to me. Not to mention Cadgar also is just, he's just older than Jaina. He has more experience than Jaina. Uh, he is a member of the Council of Six in the Kirin Tor, which means he has access to just like basically all of the arcane knowledge that has existed on in and around Azeroth. Cadgar either knows it or has access to it. So kind of display of raw power plus access to information i feel like cadgar very powerful very very powerful mage jaina on the okay. other hand jaina has been mentioned as like one of if not the like there there's kind of like rumors and whispers in the game that you can find when you talk to like different trainers or different like whatever you can like go around talk to different people in Boralis and stuff and it's like oh, you know Jaina Proudmore she's like the most uh she's the most powerful witch or mage in the world blah 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 and so I mean there's definitely it's heavily implied that Jaina is at least up there with Cadgar, if not more powerful than Cadgar. And I mean, she made a whole entire ship float. Like she's, I feel like Jaina's more flashy. I feel like we've seen more of like Jaina's display of powers in game. Not to mention we actually fight her as a raid boss, right? So mm -hmm. I feel like we've seen Jaina's power more than we've seen Cadgar's power. And when Jaina shows off, she is super, super, super powerful. Like, I'm not, I, I really think this would be a, a close freaking fight. And I think that the only thing that might edge one out over the other, because I almost think that they are kind of equal lore wise in terms of like raw access to arcane power. I think it would be Cadgar just straight like Jane has got like raw power and talent, but then Cadgar has power, but also knowledge. And I think that that would be the thing is like whatever Jaina throws at him, he's going to, I think, be able to counter. And I would say he probably has access and knowledge to powers because Jaina also didn't finish all of her training and stuff because of the whole like Antonitis, Arthas, Scourge of Dalaran, all that shenanigans that happened. So her like apprenticeship stuff was like all cut short and everything else. So I just feel like from a raw knowledge and training side, Cadgar might be able to throw some stuff at her that she doesn't know how to deal with. What about you, Manny? Okay. What do you think? Well, first, I, I want to jump in on one thing that you said while you were talking about 
Cadgar and him being part of the uh, ruling council of six. Remember that Jaina is also part of the six. And the is only reason that you might say lost. that she isn't, she left. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that she didn't rise to the, uh, to the position and was not at one point the leader of Dalaran herself. Right, so, but that was fairly short-lived, and I feel like when she was, she was, like, distracted, or, like... Well, that doesn't have anything to do with her power level. No, 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 I'm not talking about power level, I'm talking about straight-up knowledge. Like, I am mm. not saying Jaina is not a powerful mage, because obviously she is. I keep wanting to say wizard, but <laughs> she's a mage, and obviously is a very powerful mage. Um... On, I think on par with Cadgar, uh, but my point is more that like um, she just lacks not necessarily uh, training again. Training is the wrong word, but just like she hasn't had a whole lot of time to like sit and study and absorb and learn things that are outside of her wheelhouse. If okay. that makes sense. All right. Um, another point that I will give to Jaina is the staff that she wields. That is uh, literally a powerful, powerful artifact that I believe was handed down from one of the past guardians. Could have been. Uh, Aegwyn was her, uh, who is Medivh's mom. Uh, mm -hmm. Aegwyn was her kind of like, I don't want to say handmaiden because again, that's the wrong, but like basically no. everyone thought Aegwyn was dead. She was like, she basically lost all her powers and uh, was living up in the mountains. And then she like helped Jaina for a little bit. So there's yeah, she definitely sort of a relationship a bit there. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So now, despite saying all of that, I am going to give the edge to Cadgar. Yeah. Right. Uh, I agree with you. I just feel at this point, even if Jaina has a power advantage, Cadgar has just skills that Jaina would be unprepared for. Yeah, that's, Being, that's how I that's how I see it. <laughs> right. And like some people would be like, oh, you know, well, like, you know, Jaina might fight like a little bit dirtier and be able to like uh, pull out stuff that Cadgar wouldn't uh, wouldn't see. And to that, I say like, man, Cadgar's been facing off against like Gul'dan and all the dirtiest players in the book. He will be able to see it coming. He might be taken off guard that Jaina might uh, might have done that. But I don't think Jaina is like the hot headed person that she used to be. I think she's sort of calmed down since then. So I don't expect her to like do yeah, anything out of a level of desperation that might require her to do something underhanded. Well, and that, that I think gets to almost the crux of the issue too, right? Is like, how dirty do we think they're going to play? Because what are the stakes? Like, are we saying that like Jaina or Cadgar has gone evil and now we've got to take them down or the entire world will end? Are we saying that this is a, a friendly battle, a duel among equals? Like, because those are two, I think, entirely different situations, right? I feel like yeah. if you're doing a friendly duel, then it's a it's different than if the whole entire world is on your shoulders and will fall if you don't defeat the person standing across from you, right? So I think it so kind of depends. Yeah. Let's say Mirror Universe Jaina, full goatee going, um, <laughs> and then... Um, 
mirror universe Cadgar as well because they're both evil they're and both therefore evil. will okay. not will not hold back anything right let's let's not have quote unquote morality hold either of them back they are going for the kill they're not they're not going to hold back not going for the wound <laughs> the pain yeah. <laughs> yeah okay so then in that case i do think cadgar because i think as much as Jaina might have dirty tricks, like he's learned a thing or two. <laughs> like, I mean, again, I, I really do think that given like if you take away all of his uh, reservations or inhibitions and you just mm -hmm. like hit evil will do anything versus evil will do anything versions of these characters. I, I think Cadgar wins 100 okay. percent of the time. <laughs> yeah. And I and one last qualifier, a lot of people think like, yeah, Jaina ice magic. So Cadgar can use all different types of magic. But we've seen Jaina use different types of magic. We've definitely seen her use arcane when just like you said, making the ship float yeah. and shooting those those missiles. Um, yeah, and, she might be known for frost, but she can definitely command all of them. Yeah, she she can 100 percent wield them. And I think there was like a nice little. Uh, Hearthstone, not canon, but Hearthstone version where they did like Fire Mage Jaina. Oh, and I thought that Fire was so Mage cool. Jaina was so good. Yeah. I want that but cosmetic I, I hope... in, in game. <laughs> like, I don't even know how they would do it, but just like, <laughs> I wish that when she got into like, or even if she got a little bit heated, <laughs> if like there was some cut scene or something where uh, or maybe we have to go up against some sort of like giant ice monster i don't know and then all of a sudden she goes well i'm wearing the wrong outfit for this and like taps her staff or something and goes like sleeping beauty sort of thing like and changes all into the fire mage jaina from hearthstone and then just starts throwing fireballs and flame strikes everywhere oh that'd be great <laughs> yeah and you know what that scenario is awesome despite the pun i think that's awesome and so <laughs> you mean because I, of the pun <laughs> oh no okay daryl O, thank you for uh writing in to uh the email and sending this question i hope that uh you enjoyed our our discussion of this and uh, i apologize i apologize profusely for joss's pun there <laughs> Oh, come on. You loved it. <laughs> Who's the next email from? <laughs> this one comes from Buckweister and Buckweister put this in our discord and said in Bastion, south of the terrace of the collector's flight point, there's a group of traders interacting with not only Carrions, but it also leased one Venthyr. It looks like a transportation hub for shipping the wildlife of Bastion to who knows where? Question, question, question. Have you seen this place and what do you think of the lore implications, if any? So I have seen this place. Uh, there are a couple of different places in the different uh, different zones that have things that are kind of similar to this. The Black Market Market Auction House in uh, Revendreth has that lineup of Venthyr that are all trying to buy arms from uh, from the brokers. You mentioned this place in in Bastion, and I believe also. Well, we've all seen the uh, the theater of pain and how involved the the brokers are there. Yeah. So they are really, yeah, they are really all over the place, uh, trying to like trade for whatever they can get and all those different secrets. And now that I'm actually doing the side quests, I'm like seeing more of their involvement in uh, in this. So. I do believe there are lore implications more. It's just hinting 
towards stuff. Like the brokers are really trying to play all sides to get whatever advantage they can. If you do those um, weekly quests that t- send you into the dungeon, there are some like lore moments in there. And um, I would suggest to people who want to like do a quick rundown of those, uh, a, a, a uh, content creator that I don't usually uh, recommend, but I will recommend for this, uh, Beliar, he did a video where he did a breakdown of each of the lore imp- um, implications that come from those weekly quests. Things like when you're getting the mask out of, out of uh, the other side, it's like, no, this isn't a troll mask. This is a ancient Shadowlands mask, right? And it, where does this come from sort of thing? So I think really the brokers know a lot more, obviously, than they're telling us. And I'm really hoping that as we go into the veiled market in 9.1 into, uh, I believe it's Vashara. Uh, I'm not entirely sure of the, uh, the name at this point, but into the veiled market. When we go into there, even if it's not like just flat out, like here's what the brokers are up to. I expect there's going to be a ton of Easter eggs that they sort of plant in there that will be uh, coming up later through the Shadowlands, if not into future expansions where it's like, oh, that object was from this world and that world because the brokers go into worlds outside of the Shadowlands and different realms as well. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think the veiled market would be my guess in terms of like lore implications. I I don't necessarily know if like I I think it'll be more along the lines, like you said, many of Easter eggs where we will basically go into that market and then have um, like you might turn a corner and then be like, oh, hey, wait a minute. That's the mask that I grabbed from the other side. And then, oh, you turn another corner. Hey, what do you know that that beast belongs in Bastion? Like what? How did that get here? Oh, yeah, I saw a bunch of brokers down at the south end of Bastion. I guess this is what they were doing. And again, you're right. Like, it's very goblin-y, right? They're just, they don't really have an affiliation. They're just out for themselves. And uh, yeah, they're, well, I mean, goblins obviously now are affiliated with the Horde, but they weren't always. And uh, yeah, so I think that they're they're kind of this, like, neutral factionless or affiliationless group that are just out to better their station whatever that may be and i think um taking things from the zones and sending their agents out to to gather you know artifacts or animals or plants or whatever um anything that they deem important or potentially important to somebody else right because that's all that like brokers and people who sell things are trying to do is figure out what's going to be important to somebody else so that they can get something better in return or at least you know money (laughs) yeah now i do think that the brokers 100 percent are up to something how malicious that is is the question right but for people who have been paying attention part of the uh concept art that they did for the veiled market had a kodo in it and i'm i'm like really hoping that we have a boss battle where it's literally just a broker riding a Kodo that tries to run people over. So a Kodo. Yeah, Kodo Beast. You're right. You're right. So they, 
I mean, when you said they go to other realms, I was still thinking like other realms of the Shadowlands, like outside of the five that we know of. And um, that too. Yes. But also into Azeroth. Also into the real world. Yeah. Yeah. The great dark beyond. Um, (laughs) I know Azeroth isn't real, you guys. It's okay. (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah, like that they go out uh, and they aren't just, I guess, agents of death or they don't just exist in the Shadowlands, which uh, which is an interesting piece of lore, I think, because we've never encountered them prior to Shadowlands, but it's interesting to know that they have existed. Yep. Also, could we have a ethereal versus uh, brokers themed battleground where like the teams are just basically like uh, being like put in to, to fight for the sport of the ethereals and the, uh, the brokers and they're betting against each other. Just, I, I, I feel that like there's a lot that can be done with these guys. I, I, and they're doing a good job of making me want to know more. Honestly, they remind me so much of the Ethereals. And now knowing that they do go to other worlds like Azeroth, very much like the Ethereals, I really want to know if they've run into each other before. They seem to play a fairly similar role. Are they opposing factions? Will they be part of, like, will the Ethereals come into play later on in the Shadowlands or in the next expansion after that? Are we going to end up in some, like, torn between ethereals and brokers and we have to choose a side in some like crazy big trade war or something like i don't know be good (laughs) so i don't know they they are very similar and they're very interesting so i i wonder if we're kind of just um because a lot of people have have already pointed this out this isn't like new a new observation or anything but um yeah like a lot of people have called the brokers like ethereals 2.0 basically like new model let's go (laughs) and uh yeah like i hope that they continue to exist like both both factions the brokers and the ethereals i hope that they continue on through warcraft and we get to see some interactions between them because i think that's more interesting than just being like hey we liked ethereals but uh we need a new model so these are the shadowlands ones and we're just going to deal with brokers from now on (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. And considering that, like, just in Legion, not BFA, but just in Legion, we were dealing with like ethereals that were like um, committed to the void. Yes, yeah. I really do want to yeah, see that ethereals didn't come go back. anywhere. I want to see what that you know how that kind of uh, storyline continues. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do want to see where that thread leads. Yeah, exactly. And and maybe that will be uh, explored in the next expansion because we are expecting the next expansion to be a little bit more along the lines of like grand cosmic forces like death versus light versus void all in one big kablooey. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll have to see what happens, but, uh, hopefully we answered your questions, guys. Thank you so much for sending them in again. You can send those to fazpodcast at gmail.com, or you can hit us up in the discord at bit.ly slash faz discord. Uh, Manny, who do we have a review from this week? So this one comes from the Warcraft radio podcast directory. Uh, and this is from to run scar. And they have left us a five-star review. Thank you so much for that review. Uh, I'm really glad that the chemistry between Joss and myself um, 
And we really do appreciate any review that you leave there or over on iTunes as well. It helps us reach new listeners and grow our audience. And that is a big help to us. Absolutely. So Manny, where can folks find you on the internet if they would like to see or hear more of your work? So for anything I do, do follow me over on Twitter and I will post about it, brag about it, do my own little bit about it. And that's over at True Villain Manny, True Without the E. Also over at Twitch, again, True Villain Manny, True Without the E. But you can also join us in the Discord where we took uh, some questions here, as well as where I and Joss just get to chat with you guys and talk about all the stuff World of Warcraft. And that is at bit.ly slash fastdiscord. So Joss, where can people find you other than the Discord? You can find me on Twitter and Twitch. I'm at Joss Plays. That's J-O-C-E Plays. And a reminder that Faz is a part of Warcraft Radio. You can check out warcraftradio.com for many other fantastic Blizzard shows, as well as links to all of their socials. Thank you guys so much for listening. And until next time, guys, may all your hits be crits. <laughs> <laughs>